We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and of course, I'm joined by one of the co-owners of Rotoviz, the co-host of Stealing Bananas. It is Sean Siegel. This is a bonus episode of Rotoviz OT. I know a lot of you will be used to hearing us talk purely fantasy football and the NFL in general. Um, on today's show, we will be kind of doing a Q&A from some listener-submitted questions, some questions for myself and Sean had for each other, and much more. So a little bit of a different scheduling, but if you haven't checked out our shows already from this week, we will have put up three NFL fantasy football-related podcasts. Head back, listen to those. And of course, you can also check out Sean on the Stealing Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch, as I mentioned. Sean, the first one of these we recorded was a lot of fun, so looking forward to some uh, different topics to dive into today. Yeah, and, and you cut the last show a little bit early, and so I know that you kind of had these spaced out uh, conceptually, you know, thematically, but it seems like partly what happened was you just had to rush over and, and get some of your Pepsis out of the freezer before they <laughs> Yeah, I was afraid I, I did, uh, you know, for listeners, if you haven't listened to the last show, I'm not even going to, ex- will not explain that joke, go back and listen to it, came out, uh, I believe, Sunday the 24th of October, if you haven't heard that bonus edition, but yeah, Pepsi's in the freezer is uh, something I feel may become an ongoing uh, topic here on the, the podcast, but Sean, TV and film has been a big part of the show, more so in season last year than in the off season, we got a lot more kind of roster related questions but something we like to have on our late shows in the week uh, during the season is tv and film or book recommendations from listeners and there has been some fantastic ones we will talk about some of those as we go on here but i thought an interesting question that came in was for you sean and it was 
based on those recommendations, is there any TV show you don't like the the listener mentioned like Homer Simpson as a food critic, the lowest rating I've heard you give is the dreaded nine thumbs up. Um, <laughs> we're all struggling to get through the mountains of shows. Everyone says to watch. And uh, he said, please have some decency and give us some we can avoid. Uh, he said, please begin with the squib ga- squid game. I haven't watched this yet, so I don't know if Sean has touched on it. Uh, he said, because I instinctively want to avoid it. What are some of the shows on your must-avoid list? So I mentioned there, I haven't watched the the Squid Game. It's all over the world at the moment in terms of uh, you know how popular it is on Netflix. But I've stayed away. But have you dipped into that first before you give us those dreaded eight thumbs up uh, recommendations? I have, and it, uh, it it's an interesting one there, right? So I mentioned somewhat recently that I was boycotting Netflix because it seemed like they were moving in the direction of merely being like the networks, which is like, you know, why are you going to pay to get the same lousy content that you can get when you just turn on the television? Uh, That didn't last super long. I was gifted a subscription back in order to watch Outer Banks, which uh, season two was not nearly as good as season one. And it's a little bit silly, but in terms of structurally, one thing that I think can be overlooked is how hard it is to write a good popular show, right? In terms of pacing, in terms of dialogue, not everything has to be Deadwood or Ozark or Breaking Bad. I mean, there are shows that are very good and they're very fun that are fast paced and you know have some connection to the characters. They've got some ludicrous elements. You know, maybe there's a scene that doesn't work, but overall, the show is a blast. And, you know, it's not simple to do that or the network shows wouldn't be so terrible, right? I mean, it still takes some skill there. So anyway, Outer Banks, something that we liked a lot, shared with sort of extended family. They wanted us to have that to watch season two. So I am back on Netflix. And as a result, did watch Squid Game. For anybody who is trying to find an excuse to not watch like the most watched show ever, um, I I do like the fact that it's set somewhere that I'm not familiar with. We talk frequently about how international shows really do bring something that I think viewers can uh, not necessarily learn from, but just any exposure you can get to other people, cultures, uh, visuals, any of that kind of thing, sounds, you know, the sound of the language. I I really like that. There's been a little bit of uh, debate about how well the show is translated in terms of the subtitles, which obviously people are are reading the subtitles. uh, If you don't speak that language, which most of us obviously don't. But the first couple of episodes outside of when they're brutally killing people are a little bit slow and maybe not executed that well. And so if you're looking for an excuse, you can use that as your excuse. Both of those things people may object to, the brutally killing people and the the pacing and sort of the character building in the first couple of episodes. It is something that will pull you in. Obviously, it's got that Hunger Games quality to it. In some ways, it's unfortunate that things like The Hunger Games and Squid Game have been such massive cultural phenomena when you consider what they're about. But there is something that pulls people in in the same way that, you know, zombie shows will pull people in. There's this real sense of, you know, will you make it? And will the main characters make it? And then there's also this cathartic element to it and whether or not that should be there or shouldn't. And if there are any negative repercussions, those are all pretty complicated debates, but there are some interesting things about the show. It's not a surprise 
that it got to be so big. If you love Squid Game, there is another show, uh, another Asian show you can check out that uh, I believe set in Japan as opposed to Korea. I, I hope I'm getting those correct. But uh, Alice in Borderland, which I think also season two will be coming up for. So uh, different in some ways, a lot better in some ways, maybe not as tight and dynamic. So anyway, there, there are some reasons to not watch that column. Is that one of the reasons that you are not watching the show? You're a little uh, concerned about the content. Obviously, you wouldn't want your little one to be. Uh, yeah, that's usually the problem is... Uh... A lot of the shows just it's hard to get her to watch her own show if she has it on a tablet or something and then like the, you know there's a lot of noise on the tv she gets very much drawn into that and she's at the age at the moment where obviously if that's in a, a different language it's not going to affect her but there is other shows that i like to watch and if there's like you know x-rated language that language could get uh picked up very quick so <laughs> that's a bit of a risk at the moment but uh my other thing with shows and i haven't haven't watched it but some shows like that I tend to my most of my free time is like after 9 p.m and if I watch shows before I go to bed I'm quite bad at having like lucid dreams about the content of those shows and so <laughs> that that show may not be the best to watch before trying to get some restful uh, sleep but Sean um, I'm going to go back to your your one in a moment something I meant to mention on the last show you mentioned about your Sunday routine the donuts and things like that and then you mentioned your your height and your weight i've mentioned my my height a number of times probably on the show I'm, I'm six foot six but i also did a calculation because i didn't know what it would be in pounds so i'm 113 kilograms which would be just short of 250 pounds so um both both above the six foot and how, how tall did you say you are six foot six okay okay i was gonna say you look very slender so when you come in with 250 it's hard to it's hard to believe i may be the skinniest 250 pound person in the world not as skinny as i would like but uh yeah <laughs> those those extra inches do create a different frame my uh one of my best friends from college my my college doubles partner in uh, the division two tennis that we played as if the world depended on it which obviously it did not um, is is six five and and obviously well 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 over two hundred, um, but like you very very slender. So uh, yeah, you, you add all that extra height and, and there's more more weight that comes with it there. And uh, that reminds me, I have to do some frantic searching as we uh, as we continue this show, and maybe it'll be on a, another show moving forward. There was a question about Sean's tennis, and he touched on it there. We'll have to get that added in. It would have been the perfect time to segue, but. We'll save that for another show. But Sean, you did not hit on those avoid shows. So what are those? Right, so I, I just to get a little bit of sense of what people are actually watching that maybe I had tried and didn't care for. Um, search for the best shows on, on Netflix, Amazon, uh, HBO Max, and did come up with, with a little list here. I, I kind of joked about one of the reasons that uh, was boycotting Netflix was the manifest was the biggest show on Netflix for months. And it's like, it doesn't seem like a great sign for your original content development. If a show that more or less failed on the networks, now it lasted on the networks for a while. And so it, in this day and age, that's actually a pretty good success. But when that show is, this is dominating the viewership, that seems like a little bit of a problem. Now, you know, in all fairness, we did just have, a worldwide event that we're still kind of in the middle of that, that's made it more difficult to pump out the original content. So some of this makes sense, but 
I, I did actually try Manifest again. I tried it when it came out, was excited about it. You know, you get the lost comparisons. It's obviously not lost. Watched a couple more episodes, you know, a few weeks ago. And just, you feel like you have to fight through every scene because the scenes are so bad. And you're like, the story seems like it could be good. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'd like to find out what happens. You know, do have some acquaintances who like it. And so I've hit another spot where I'm in a scene that's so bad that I haven't been able to get through the scene. And maybe if I can just, you know, fast forward or something like that, then I'll be able to, to get out of it. Another show that just seemed like it would be right up my alley because it's got this fantasy element. It's got this history element. You're thinking that's going to have an adventure element. Uh, definitely not against the the fun romances. I mean, who who doesn't like romance column? I mean, you, you want that as, as part of life as well. But, but Outlander just, it's not good, right? And so I watched more than a season of that, but I did have to quit because it was both dark, slow, and the story wasn't my favorite. Uh, Master of None is one where I, I think I've only watched an episode. That one wasn't my favorite. Shadow and Bone, another show that was... Um, renewed and lots of people watched. I, I love that the show was made. I love that lots of people watched it. Love that it was renewed. Uh, I think that, that bodes well for more shows. A little bit like The Witcher. You just why can't it be good? Right. A huge portion of this. And and Colin, we talk about like different ways to to craft something where the actual execution and the craftsmanship is good. So much of this show, and I, don't, I haven't read the books. The books obviously also generate a ton of enthusiasm. But there's a ton of voiceover where the characters are essentially narrating their letters to each other that don't, I mean, they're not that interesting, right? And they're on these adventures. It's like if you're in the middle of an adventure story, this fantastical story, you've got all of these complications, you've got all of these conflicts, you've got all of the things that you could do with this just huge world. I mean, there's so much that how could you cover it all? Why is the part that you're covering narrating letters to each other? It's like that, that that's not the way that that should work, right? So I struggled with that one a little bit. Doom Patrol, I, I was waiting years to be able to watch when I got HBO Max, watched it a little bit and definitely hit some parts on that that I had a hard time making it through. Maybe I'll, I'll try and make another push there. On some of these things, there will be a point where if you can push through that point, then you will fall in love with it. Uh, but sometimes the point is just too far. And one of the shows that I think is like that is perhaps The Man in the High Castle. The Man in the High Castle, I go back and watch like every year. I'll watch like 30 minutes. And yep, still absolutely atrocious. And I mean, again, it's it's this concept that should be amazing. I think it, you know, it's, it's a huge sort of, as much as something on Prime can be, because Prime for as massive as you know Amazon is, doesn't, I don't think have, it's not something culturally that people are like, oh, what's the next thing on Amazon Prime? Like they might be on HBO or on Netflix or something like that. But The Man in the High Castle is, is one of their most watched and, and biggest shows. And it has this what if element of you know, Germany, Japan winning World War II, what the situation would be now. It's, I mean, that's very dark, but at the same time, it's a very dynamic premise. And so when you're watching along, it's again, this kind of thing of what are you focusing on content wise? Because there are going to be a lot of, con there's going to be a lot of conflicts. There are so much that can happen in terms of story. Uh, obviously the danger and all of those elements is just so intense. And yet, you know, early on, like maybe the beginning of episode two, these two characters who are spies ish, um, definitely caught up in, in the storyline, 
are basically sitting in a truck and asking each other what they want to be when they grow up. And they're adults. It's like, number one, that's not a great like conversational gambit regardless, but it's just, it's weird that in this, this type of story that you would have grownups talking about what they wanted to be when they grew up. Now, part of it, I think, is this element of like, what could we be if the world were different? But that's not the way the conversation went. And so you're just like, ah, get to the story. I mean, to make the people do something interesting. And so that one I'll probably try again as well, because I do like to keep giving them chances. A show that I watched both seasons of, that I would tell people that they can skip if they want to, is Jack Ryan. Now, Jack Ryan, a cool books by Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy has sort of his issue when he's writing, where anything that he thinks of goes into the story and it does not get edited out. So, you know, if you're 100 pages into uh, Patriot Games and, you know, you've got the one scene that's essentially happened and he's driving home and there's a mailbox, he's going to tell you about the mailbox. Like the whole idea of Chekhov's gun is that if you include something in the story, if you have a gun in the story, then it's going to be fired in a next scene, right? It's not just there. And Tom Clancy would be well off to kind of take that advice for some of the things that he includes. I don't think that that mailbox factors back in to the story later on. If it does, it happened well after I quit. I have read all of Rainbow Six. I did a uh, semester as a high school English teacher coming out of college. One of the students uh, recommended it to me. You know, even back then, doing the same kinds of things we do now. Recommendations out, recommendations in. You know, try and participate with your community in terms of, of what people like and give them a chance. So I've read like 600 pages of, of Rainbow Six. Enjoyed that book. Jack Ryan, I mean, Jack Ryan doesn't feature in that book, but Jack Ryan, this sort of cultural concept, a good character. We've got some fun movies with it. Uh, the weird thing about Jack Ryan is that this main character and this actor who is in so many other things and is so likable. Now, you know, there are some criticisms for some of the things that he does in the office now, you know, don't necessarily age as well as uh, maybe the comedy scene at the time, but He's excellent in 13 Hours, which is sort of the sad tale of what happened uh, when the consulate there in Benghazi was attacked. It has a very wide range. Obviously, A Quiet Place was a fantastic movie, but John Krasinski as Jack Ryan doesn't work. I mean, he's managed to make Jack Ryan sort of unlikable, which that's bizarre because he's very likable. The character is very likable. The stories that they came up with you know, for these two seasons were... Eh. but it, it's the weird part of it is just that the main guy isn't likable which i mean that's that's bizarre but you know they're they're serviceable stories so i mean if you do enjoy that kind of thing definitely don't avoid it but you don't have to go out of your way to watch jack ryan if you're trying to get through all the content and trying to decide between that and something you know is good i'll just piggyback on uh, the two films that i have would put in my worst two of all time in terms of that i've watched and other people might uh, disagree with the first one being a good one, but uh, in terms of the first in the series, but Zoolander was a film that came out uh, at an age in 2001 where I was probably like, my taste buds and comedy mightn't have been as you know, well-rounded, but it was something that, that hit home with me at that time. And Zoolander 2 came out in 2016, which was 15 years later, and remains the only film that I've left the cinema during because it was so bad so zoolander 2 gets an honorable mention there the other one is ghost rider with uh nicholas cage another film which was I, at the time i 
was, that was very, very close that day to, to leaving the cinema as well. Well, Colin, when you went into Ghost Rider, you had to expect it was going to be similar to what you got. Oh, I don't know what I thought I was getting, but I got a steaming pile of uh, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it was hanging in the, the Hall of Fame of all-time bads for a long time, all the way to 2015, where Zoolander 2 was just placed just right right beside it, hanging there <laughs> beside it in that museum. But uh, the other one, Sean, and we'll go have a little quick break after this one, but um, you touched on it um, recently, and it was... You, I recommended it to you, but it came as first a listener recommendation to me. The question was, what was your favorite recommendation that you've come across from the listeners? And that would have been Ted Lasso. Um, I have now seen both seasons. One of the most enjoyable TV series that I've watched. I think it's very hard not to sit down and watch it and enjoy it. It's on um, Apple TV. And I mentioned I got the computer. It is an Apple computer. And that there was obviously came with a free subscription to apple so it was it all worked out perfectly the recommendation came in at a very similar time but it is a highly enjoyable show for anyone that hasn't watched it i think there's a good kind of cross community or cross-cultural references as well with ted lasso being from the u.s and managing a uk uh, football team or a soccer team so very very interesting show and they they seem to do a lot of uh, great character development in it where um is, is a huge amount of uh a huge, a huge amount of kind of joyous ends to some of the shows. So I've really enjoyed it. And I know, Sean, it's something that you did get to watch recently. So that's my favorite recommendation so far from, from one of the listeners who have submitted. Have you a, a show or a book or, or a film that, that has come in that you've enjoyed? Well, I mentioned on, on one of our recent uh, normal pods that the first law series came in as a recommendation by Joe Abercrombie and, uh, I had tried one of the sort of standalone books within that series that takes place sort of after the first trilogy and had gotten like 75% of the way through, hadn't finished it. And this was kind of a crazy experience where I also read the first book and the first law and got about halfway through. And I kind of mentioned, and again, any of those TV shows that I'm completely off on and I have to push through, definitely let us know so that we get back there and do push through, maybe let us know like when it gets better. The Expanse is a show that I was able to do that with recently. And uh, basically around episode six or seven of The Expanse, it finally starts to get good. And then the subsequent seasons are excellent. So let us know that. Anyway, I, I was able to push through the point in the first, first law book that I didn't care for. And from that point on, it was one of my absolute favorites to the point where I then got back and got to that book that I'd read 75% of and kind of put it on my tablet in such a way where I could just skim through it and try and figure out what had happened in that first 75%. So I, I spent you know a couple hours just skimming, 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 and then read the end of that book, read uh, the next standalone book. So, so I always really appreciate getting those book recommendations as well. I mean, there are, you know, we have so many TV shows at this point that it can be difficult to narrow them down. Books, you know, are an exponential a factor of that. And so it can be kind of tricky to uh, have overlap on books. You know, obviously people have different tastes and that's completely okay. But at the same time, I, I go into my Kindle every day and, and try and find more books. I'm reading some nonfiction right now, uh, which again, kind of, you know, you had mentioned the, the soda exploding in the previous episode, not to go you know too much in the way of spoilers, but I don't have that problem anymore. I used to do that just constantly, right? Because you're always impatient and then forgetful, impatient and then forgetful. So I pull them out, put them in the freezer, forget about them, blow them up. You got to start the process all over again. 
I, my, my routine for soda at this point is that I'll do my full day's worth of fantasy. And then I go out, get a little food, drink some soda and read. And that kind of cleanses the emotional and intellectual palate there a little bit. Again, the, the evidence on reading is that it's fantastic for you. It'll improve your mood. Well, do all these things to, to make your brain function just that little bit better. We're not talking about gigantic differences, uh, but every little bit counts, whether it's fantasy or real life. Because I do that and drink soda at that, I can't afford to have more soda at home. And so that has put an end to blowing up the Pepsi and, and all of that for me. But yes, books, reading, let us know any recommendations you have. It can be tricky to find good sci-fi, good fantasy you go to the different lists and it's all the same books, especially if you have some dark horse sleepers in there, let us know what they are. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final question, Sean, on kind of the, the TV scenario or the film and book scenario. Um, have you a favorite quote from a TV show or a book or a film? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's so Hard much. Hard to narrow the, that down to one. Yeah. The, the one recently that really kind of cracked me up, even though, I mean, it's not, most of the, the best quotes are these amazing kinds of things, but sometimes just the situation is like so perfect that it kind of sticks with you. And so we're watching White Lotus recently, right? And one of the things happening at this sort of Hawaiian resort is that this newlywed couple, the guy is, is you know, rich and a huge jerk and his wife is trying to fight off kind of his personality and being able to maintain sort of her autonomy, follow her job, all those kinds of things within this relationship that she's now already really wondering about having gotten herself into but they're not in the right room. And so the guy is very offended by this because they paid for this room. They're not getting the room. The hotel manager doesn't seem to care. And so he's going all the time back to the hotel manager complaining about this. He tells her that he's talked with the guy that day. And, and she's like, you know, why uh, can't you just leave it alone? And he's like, Oh no, you know, I was doing my best. We had a nice conversation. He's like, uh, so, you know, you were not being a jerk. He's like, no, I, I did the very best that I could to not be an asshole. And then she comes back with, but you failed. <laughs> and, and the way that she delivered it was just so perfect. He's, he did his best to not be an asshole. And then immediately she's, but you failed. 
she asked it kind of as a question, but it's a question that we all know that obviously he has failed in that attempt. And so White Lotus, a, a very interesting, different kind of show. The, the genre there, a little bit uh, tricky to put your finger on. That's one that I definitely do recommend. But Colin, my favorite all-time quote for anything, and I do share this sometimes on the site in different ways, but Richard Russo won the Pulitzer Prize for the book Empire Falls. If you read Empire Falls and you were only lukewarm on it, I actually think that's one of his weaker novels. The other ones are even better. You know that you're pretty good if you win the Pulitzer for something that's not your best work. But his novel, Straight Man, is one of the funniest ones out there. It's about this college literature professor and the different travails and hijinks that he gets into. Uh, but you get a little bit of a sense of his personality when he starts off right from the beginning and he says... Truth be told, I'm not an easy man. I can be an entertaining one, though it's been my experience that most people don't want to be entertained. They want to be comforted. And of course, my idea of entertaining might not be yours. I'm in complete agreement with all those people who say regarding movies, I just want to be entertained. This populist position is much derided by my academic colleagues as simple-minded and unsophisticated, evidence of questionable analytical and critical acuity. But I agree with the premise, and I too just want to be entertained. That I am almost never entertained by what entertains other people who just want to be entertained doesn't make us philosophically incompatible. It just means we shouldn't go to movies together. And I think that that applies to almost everything, right? I mean, we all have the same philosophy on what we want to read, what we want to watch, what we want to do, uh, how we want life to be, is that, well, we want to be both entertained and comforted. And we want to keep in mind the fact that what entertains and comforts us might not be what entertains and comforts somebody else, but that doesn't make us philosophically incompatible. We may just not be able to watch TV or, or play fantasy football together. Um, I, I don't know how I can top that, so I'm not going to do a soliloquy, uh, Sean. That was quite fantastic. I'm, I'm sure the listeners really enjoy, <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, I have to say, minds are going to be a lot less, uh, you know, I guess like educated or sound as good as that. I'm a big uh, Batman fan, so <laughs> there'll be a lot of kind of Batman or. Uh, godfather kind of style quotes in there but i have to say after i made the recent update to the theme music for the show or the the intro to the show the suggestion came in for stefan diggs that one had to go in but i literally had that one updated i don't know maybe 20 minutes uh before the games last sunday and then obviously Aaron Rodgers scored the Russian touchdown against the Bears and the, I did get numerous requests that uh, that that should go in so I didn't put it in so I, I stayed firm on that but my, my recent favorite quote in TV history uh, was while watching the NFL as Aaron Rodgers told the <laughs> Chicago Bears crowd that he he owned them so I'm going to go with that just for comedic purposes on, on this one but I really did enjoy that Sean the next question coming in is favorite non-football sport so I may have to do a, a trick answer here. So the question is your favorite non-football sport, but my favorite sport outside of the NFL is going to be football as in soccer. So I think I'll get that one to pass by. But um, I, before my love of the American football in the NFL, uh, I, I'm still, a, I would say, a diehard Arsenal football club supporter um, in terms of the, the Premier League. But not as diehard as I once was where I couldn't see any other reasoning other than they were always right. And maybe that's because they have been not as good as they used to be, but um, I'm more balanced in my approach to 
kind of how, how I look at them uh, as a team now. But soccer is my, I guess, in terms of sport, my first love. Um, and then obviously the NFL came in after that. Um, so I would say that soccer as a support sport is is my non NFL sport. Um, I did mention as well about you know an Irish element um, for any of the listeners who have been to Ireland or any of them that are interested in Irish sport. I know we have listeners in Ireland and in the UK and that, but um, the GAA is the kind of equivalent of the NFL, I guess, and they play kind of Irish based. Uh, sports and it's county versus county so um gaelic football would be the one i would have played as a, a young kid from kind of six years onwards um that it's kind of hard to describe what exactly it is uh, kind of a mix maybe of rugby and soccer and american football all rolled into one uh, so uh, gaelic football would have been something i played along with soccer when i when i was younger but then when i was not as young but younger than I am now I, I did play American football in Ireland um so there is a, a league uh, with it's actually very very competitive um and has been growing year on year but a local team relatively local to me set up and uh, I, I joined those so it was the Donegal Derry Vipers for any of those guys that, that listen into the podcast but uh, played tight end for them so uh, that was a another sport that I played so I've played a lot of sports growing up um Sean I did tease the tennis question. Maybe tennis is the non-football uh, sport for you, but is there anything outside the NFL and maybe even outside tennis, or is tennis the the one sport? Well, but before we get to that, I, I so no you, just, questions you just dropped <laughs> on us the fact that you were a tight end in American football there in Ireland. You guys had super cool names. Uh, you, you were the Donegal Dairy Vipers, is that right? That was pretty good. Uh, so the the county I'm from is called Donegal. So that, that was pretty good, Sean. I have to say. Okay. First and so at six six and about two fifty, tight end, you were the the red zone threat. I, I would have been at the time, yeah. Did, Not as much did, of a threat anymore, but I would have. Been. Well, did you have any Gronkowski like seasons there? I mean, were you putting up the the scores in bunches? not too bad the one thing i'll say is like um receiving yards probably like it's a little bit more like maybe the baltimore ravens are uh you know those sort of rushing attacks so like eight running backs you know a couple of people who can catch the ball the quarterbacks sometimes can't throw the ball accurately so it's more like more like that but um i would have uh had had a good few yards and a, a good few touchdowns but i wouldn't say it was on on gronk's level <laughs> That's really cool. What fill us in just a tad bit more on the Gaelic football. You you made it sound like it might be the greatest game ever, right? It's it's three sports rolled into one here. It kind of is. Um, I, I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it. There's there's two sports that would kind of fall under the well. There's lots of Irish sports, but the two main ones are Gaelic football and hurling. So hurling, I don't know if anyone listening has seen it either. You, you play basically with a small ball and a stick. Uh, so I mean to play the game what you do is hit the ball with the stick kind of and play it's an entire team sport 15 aside and so is Gaelic football so both of those are 15 aside games both of them are very very physical uh, hurling you do have to wear a helmet uh, Gaelic football you don't um, so I would recommend rather than me explain it um, I would say to recommend to go on to YouTube and ha have a look through it but I do think that people will probably be surprised of the physical nature of the sport. Uh, and the other thing I would say is 
to bear in mind that all players are amateur players so it's a, a non-professional game which obviously takes a huge amount of dedication from the people who play it and each year a bit like the super bowl it, it rolls up into uh what's called the all ireland final and and all different like there's men's games ladies games and uh so on and so forth so there's multiple finals and that but uh it's a crazy sport it's obviously normal to us but i think if you watch it for the first time you'll have to have to have a, a retake to see what's happening would it be accurate or fair or unfair to say that perhaps with some of these uh, things in the uk that uh overall health I'm, I'm sure is still something that people do emphasize but maybe dental damage is not looked at the same way well, the it used to be compulsory, but it's now compulsory to wear uh, mouth guards or we would call them gum shields, so a bit like a boxer. So um, that is something that has come in. And it used to also be compulsory for the players in Harlan to wear a helmet, which is now compulsory, I believe. So uh, there has been, obviously, a bit like the NFL, there's been slow, gradual improvements. But um, a lot of it would be like... Um, chest arm leg injuries more so um maybe it's maybe it's just not publicized as much I, I i don't think there's anywhere near the level of like you know post career trauma that there maybe would be with the nfl but the nfl is one of the most physically grueling games that anyone's going to play in the, the entire world well that's good i'm glad i um it's always good to hear about the the health safety standards improving it does you know ruin a little bit this romantic image of the irish with things wrapped around the head and people carrying each other to the pub and and all of that well, that but, probably does happen too good, good. <laughs> a couple more questions sean before we do finish up today um yeah what's your craziest podcasting anecdote I don't know, like in terms of the other part was the best question you've gotten from a listener and to tie them both in, I did think about this question. It was hard to really dive into something specific, but what I would say is one of the most enjoyable things we mentioned on the first show that we did like this last Sunday, that um, how much time we've spent in this podcast. I am still shocked at times that I started podcasting in 2013, which please do not go back and listen to those shows. They will be very poor audio quality <laughs> probably not make a lot of sense but um so that there is coming up now like you know it's going to, it's not gonna be far off 10 years and uh some of the things that have been the most enjoyable for me is the people who have at times whether it was something to do with the podcast or at one point i had a website for it was overtimeireland.com it's no longer in operation but some people would have like sent emails to you know ask could they write a piece on the website and at the time it was just like you know it wasn't anything big but some of the guys then that have done that have gone on to write for other publications or get other opportunities and i think that's probably one of the coolest things that has happened um with me and podcasting is not it's obviously cool that i get to do a podcast with sean and you know be part of rotoviz but some of the other parts that kind of hit you down the line is like you see somebody has moved to a different website and you're like that person like started on a website that i started like just kind of by chance so i always think that's a, a pretty cool thing and i'm sure it's probably similar sean for you with some of the ex rotoviz guys who have gone on to other things it's always pretty cool and a thing that i really enjoy is like seeing other people progress and succeed so it's not really probably answering the question but some of the people who would have sent messages or questions to me about you know can i 
be involved or how do I get involved and then that's led to that I think that's something that uh, I'm quite proud of in terms of the overall podcast and stuff and we've had lots of folks work on Rotoviz Radio and come through here who have gotten some great opportunities on the podcasting side because of work that you have done with them and, and mentoring and that kind of thing. And so uh, if anybody is interested in, in working on the pods, definitely let Colin know. It doesn't mean that we can accommodate everyone or, or something like that, but there are opportunities from time to time. And uh, if you have some interest and you're willing to learn and, and do some of those things, then it, it can be cool to, to get a chance to work with Colin. He's uh, one of the things that I am just so grateful for right now is that both in terms of the management group for the site and then column and the people working with the organization of the podcasting, all of those people are so even keeled and have such a, a great personality about them. So easy to work with and give you a real sense of confidence just in sort of who they are as people. And so that's been great for me. And, and so Colin, I, I appreciate all that you do. Uh, thanks Sean for that. And it's like, you know reciprocal or whatever whatever that fancy word is for it but uh i do think like you mentioned too through the road like and i would pull that all in together some of the guys who have come in and done some of the the series with us or been involved in pods and then have got other opportunities that's super super cool to see and uh, i'm really grateful to have got to work with those guys it's always really good when you get to work with somebody but they you know take the stuff on board and make it work for them and that's that's always like a real positive and and my day-to-day role that I do in my work, that's another part that is kind of very, very similar. So I, I always enjoy seeing people succeed like that. But Sean, another one of these in the books, we thought we had one show of questions. We have at least two and we probably have three and we potentially have four. Uh, it's been a lot of fun diving into these. And like this show, for example, when we think of a question or we hear an answer, you want to jump in with another question off it. So it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening in. We will have a few more of these coming your way. If you do have any questions you want to hear us answer or think might be a fun answer for us, uh, do get in touch. You can send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or send them to rotavizradio at gmail.com. If you are a listener to the show and you haven't signed up yet at rotaviz.com, you can get yourself a 10% discount with the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. This is a little bit different than our normal schedule programming. If you have listened to the other shows, of course, thank you. If you haven't listened to our NFL-related content, please head back, have a listen, three shows a week up on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. Make sure you are subscribed to get all the shows once they do come out. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another podcast, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.